It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Any health-related information on the following show provides general... Any health-related information on the following show provides general information only. Content presented on any show by any host or guest should not be substituted for a doctor's advice. Always consult your physician before beginning any new diet, exercise, or treatment program. healthy lifestyle and I'm Nancy Addison your host and this show is dedicated to sharing information that will inspire and inform a more conscious life that creates a healthier lifestyle and this program takes a holistic approach to health and wellness which means we look at all the areas of our life and how they are connected well today I'm going to address our emotions and our energy level and how that affects our health and our overall well-being, but also how it can affect our lives in other ways. But I'm going to talk about some ways that we can deal with it uh, having to do with nutrition. So this, this show may be a com- just a com- kind of a combination of various things that contribute to us being healthier. And so when it comes to our body, uh, one of the things people deal with in their lives, and they may not even realize it, is shame. And shame is a very common feeling that many people, especially women, hold on to. And on the average day, this is actually a statistic, 97% of women say they dislike their body. And an acclaimed shame researcher, Breen Brown, found that the number one source of shame for women was their body and their weight. So it's no surprise that most women are spending each day, you know, worrying about their bodies and fretting over their diet and trying to change their bodies. And I know where I grew up with, Unfortunately, almost every woman I know has had at least some sort of plastic surgery, either having liposuction to have fat taken off, or neck lifts, or face lifts, or eye lifts, or um, breast implants, or stomach fat reduction, or something. Um, I've I've even talked to women who've said they've had every kind of surgery known to man to, you know, rebuild themselves. And so, you know, this is something that is very real. And so I I just thought we would address this a little bit in the show today and 
and move through it and try to get into a more positive self-image because I do think we can address these things. We can move into a more loving ourselves, be worthy of ourselves place. So shame is an intense feeling that somehow we are wrong, that we're flawed, we're in need of fixing in order to be loved or accepted. And therefore, we make this connection that we must then change or alter that which we feel shame about so that we can get the love and the security and the happiness that we all, all of us across the world, so deeply desire. And so the intense feelings of body shame in a large part can be attributed to the narrow perceptions or expectations that come from like the media or the cultural broadcasts of, of things. And just recently, I was very happy to see that some major models that were having some photo shoots done and they were going to be in ads or magazines had actually asked the people who were paying for the ads, who had hired them, not to touch up their photos to put them in as real. And I thought this was so admirable because what happens is, and I think this is, you know, really pervasive, and I and I do believe that I grew up and grew up in this culture as well, um, with the TVs and, and things like that. I think it, it has gotten worse over the years of them, you know, making people look thinner or younger or you know, whatever that may be, but children, and, and it impacts children dramatically, but children and teenagers or adolescents, they get these ideas in their mind of what is acceptable or what's beautiful. I mean, I have to admit, I drive down a highway here in Dallas, Texas, and it says, there's this big, huge billboard, and it says something to the extent of, Wow, your your wife is hot. But it's an ad for plastic surgery. And it's like, you know, what what is real and what do we really love? And there's so much superficial stuff out there today that it it really invades people's subconscious especially if they're children. And um, so anyway, I just thought that, you know, I would kind of go into this a little bit and then add some nutritional information. But, you know, and I have to admit, when I was getting my div divorce, and um, I had a 23-year marriage, and it ended up, uh, we ended up, getting a divorce and all my girlfriends were saying oh Nancy you've got to get breast implants and I was like what and they were like oh yeah you have to get them and I'm like 50 years old when I got my divorce and I was like why and I'm I've never been someone that did plastic surgery and I I did when I was a teenager, I used to ride in the rodeos growing up, and I'd get bucked off quite a bit, probably more than I wished. And one reason my dad bought me a racehorse for my very first horse, and I'd get him out in the pasture, and he would take off like he was in a race, and I was just a little kid, and I didn't really know how to ride. I'd never even had a riding lesson. And I'd wake up hours later out in the field, looking up at the sky, trying to figure out where I was. And, of course, nobody nobody ever thought to get your brain scanned back then. Um, that was, you know, quite a long while ago because I'm 63 now. But no one ever thought that all of those brain traumas to me would affect me or that they may not have even known they could fix them. But I had quite a few... Uh, concussions when I was small and one of those I, I crushed my nose a couple of times very badly and at one point I couldn't breathe so I did have plastic surgery on my nose so I will admit that I have I have been there and done it um 
But my friends were, were telling me that I had to get breast implants or I wasn't going to be able to get married again. And as I look back on that, and I decided I wasn't going to do it because I didn't think I wanted to marry somebody who required fake breast implants in order to love me. And, and I don't know, that just always had it stuck in my mind. But I look at all my friends that are acquaintances that all got breast implants and they all got remarried. And then I was at a funeral one day of a old childhood friend and I was standing next to this guy and he's looking at one of my friends who had gotten the breast implants and he goes, you know, she just keeps getting more beautiful. And I just thought to myself, the only thing she has done is get those breast implants. And that just really kind of surprised me. But, you know, I I think our emotions and these, the way the world is today with so much falseness and us trying to remake our bodies, it can really lead to feelings of, uh, unworthiness and shame and shame is uh, such a deep emotion and the uh, devastating effects of shame is that in my psychosomatic body mind communication studies the immune system is very directly affected by the feelings of fear and shame and so these emotions they tend to be stored in our thymus gland and the problem is that the shame is often so hidden one seldom knows how much it's there and so it gets masked by certain dysfunctional behavior which is accepted as normal and then then we just turn into kind of a, a process of being someone who um, is, is matching that energy with the energies around them. And what happens is when we are vibrating at a certain energy, and we all vibrate, in fact, the entire world is vibrating. I mean, my desk here looks solid, but it is quite literally vibrating molecules, and it just looks solid. But we are constantly moving, and we're part of this universe of energy. And our thoughts are very, very powerful. And when we get subconscious traumas into our mind, sometimes those will, will be a process that we quite literally run off of for the rest of our lives. Dr. Bruce Lipton, who is a marvelous medical researcher from Stanford, he found out that a lot of these traumas or emotional things that happen to us between the age last trimester and age six. I, I've heard some other researchers say it's it's more um, you, you can actually go into age nine, but children really have no no filters, uh, nothing to really bounce things off of and, and analyze things from. So, a lot of children are basically taught. And it may not even be intentional, but they've been taught to be feel unworthy or that they are shameful. You know, maybe if they did something wrong or they were curious or they acted out or they were exploring something and they were so curious and somebody, you know, got angry at them or spanked them and, and, and things like this, that can lead to deep unresolved shame, which also leads to you know, various types of ways we we treat ourselves. We might um, start doing deprivation diets or uh, joyless exercise as we're older or, uh, you know, different things that, I mean, it's almost like a self-punishment in a way. But body shame extends beyond body size and shape. And we can feel shame because of our sexuality or our sensuality or our gender, and so, so strategies for controlling this um, can can be done. And I'm I'm hopeful that I am going to be a part 
of starting a nonprofit soon that's going to help people work through some of these emotional traumas in their lives and hopefully resolve them so that you can stop having certain things like addictions. Like uh, I was talking to a lady yesterday who'd gained a whole lot of weight and she had been in an abusive marriage and then gotten a terrible divorce. And then her mother had died last year and she had just gone into emotional eating and has gained quite a bit of weight. And so she was asking me for some tips on how she could help, um, lose some weight and feel better about herself. And so this was actually one of the reasons I decided to do this show today. But while we're feeling something like shame, the body actually produces endorphins up to 200 times stronger than morphine. So it causes the body to kind of numb it out. So you don't really realize that you are doing this. And then fear is secondary. So as the biggest fear is that we are not really good enough. And fear of shame, of being exposed, is the biggest cause of fear of like intimacy. So as one gets closer to a partner and you see more of each other's inner natures, there, there comes a closing off when you don't want them to see your shame. And this is when people start kind of distancing themselves from each other. And it can cause divorce and in various situations. And so fear is stored in the kidneys. And as we deal with this, it reflects one's ability to filter out the bad from the good. And so if we are living in fear, you you really are not trusting, you're not trusting people around you, you're not trusting yourself, you're kind of, you're, you, you just aren't able. And so we tend to, if we're in that vibration of fear, then people who are abusive, who are kind of on that same level of vibration, we're going to start being, <laughs> that's who we're going to attract into our lives. So, we want to raise our vibration and we want to find joy in our life and we want to resolve these feelings of shame and, and move them into loving ourselves and feeling worthy. So how, how can we do things like that and move from this to that? Well, I think also just recognizing some of these characteristics in ourselves and acknowledging them is a first step. There is a program up in Denver, Colorado called Learn to Live, Learn to Love. And it's a practice for about 30 years. And if you are seeing yourself in any of these things I'm talking about today, go to their website and look at their program. And they have a 30-day, I'm not sure if it's 30 days, they have a program that helps people resolve these uh, fear, shame, uh, problems that can lead to problems of being codependent or having addiction to alcohol or gambling or any kind of a problem that people use in order to kind of medicate themselves so that they aren't so that they feel more worthy uh, people who maybe have uh, lots of uh, piercings or tattoos they may be looking for acceptance into a family. Maybe they are feeling some of these problems as well. And I really do believe that we can resolve these things and that we can move into a healthier mindset that can help us love ourselves more, feel more worthy. And in fact, I really do think saying affirmations <laughs> once in a while, maybe every day, look I remember uh, it was Louise Hay 
who uh, was really wonderful, and she wrote the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And it lists a lot of illnesses that are connected with certain emotions. But she said you should look in the mirror every day, right in your eye, and tell yourself you love you. And I just always thought that was such a lovely direction to give people or even to do yourself. And and I have tried it. And I know I, I went through a lot of heavy-duty self-work after my divorce because I really think that is just so emotionally hard on someone. And... I really needed to pull myself up out of depression a few times. And it's not always easy. But some of the things that, you know, I really found to be good was, you know, really try to rejoice and accept your body, like, as it is right now. And and I know that this may be just a fundamental step in creating a healthy body image, but Many people do walk around and think to themselves, you know, that they don't. So if you could just try to look at your body or look yourself in the face and just do that affirmation that, you know, that I love, I love you. You know, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you and I love you just the way you are and you are worthy. I and say it as a I am. I think that's very powerful because words are so powerful. One thing I learned a while back was that when we are being formed in the womb, there's there's always that one first cell, and that first cell is quite literally our heart. And the first thing that comes out of that cell is the tip of our tongue. And if you think about it, the Word is so powerful. In the Bible, it says, in the beginning, there was the Word. Well, and you think about how emotional kissing is. And you can just imagine how our our heart really does, I believe this, run our emotions and our health and our vibration. And so... I believe that we really do need to live a life of true love, love of ourselves, love of our neighbor, love of the earth, and that if we could just be that that emotion of love and try to stay in that and then be very present when you're with people and approach everything very much on a loving basis. I think this is a good place to start, and it has really helped me, and it's one of the things that I really do try to focus on all the time. I remind myself constantly to be present, you know, whether I'm checking out at the grocery store or I'm talking to someone at the at the um you know, like the gas station, and I try to be very, very present. I try to look that person in the eye and really connect with them through loving thoughts. And it doesn't mean I'm going to be in an intimate relationship with them or anything, but just on a, like a social basis, connect with that person. And I, and I heard someone say once, I thought this was such a good thing. I think it was, I'm trying to remember which one it was, but one of the astronauts that landed on the moon, he was asked about prejudice, and he said, you know, I think prejudice is very much like a bunch of astronauts on the moon, and they're all in the same moon suit except one, and he's got on a different color moon suit. And he said, I really see prejudice as all these, all these astronauts that are in the same color suit ganging up on the one that has a different color suit and being mean to him simply because his suit's a different color. And I really have embraced that in my life. And I really, truly try to not judge people as best I can when I am looking at people who are different from me. 
and maybe have an appearance that I'm not used to. And our brains are really interesting uh, on how they connect and how they work. But I think once we accept something and acknowledge it, it's easier to move on to a healthier place and and deal with it. And so I, I heard one minister say once that when we are dealing with trying to um, heal emotional traumas and, and uh, work through things like if you've been in an abusive relationship or something like that, or maybe you're recognizing some of these things of shame. And I think in many ways, probably everyone in the whole world has some of this in their subconscious, in their in their mind. Uh, I'm sure it's just different levels for different people. Uh, I recognize this in myself, definitely. I know when I was growing up, I had a lot of issues with my body and my acceptance of how I looked. And... And I, I don't know, maybe if there had been so much plastic surgery available back then before I started on my healthy eating journey, you know, I may have done some of these things back then. But as I have tried to transform my emotions and address them, and this was what this minister said, was he said, okay, so this, this emotion pops in your head. So it's kind of your default message or something. If you're meditating and maybe a negative message comes in your mind, look at it almost as if it's like in front of you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And thank it for coming there, for teaching you that lesson or whatever it may have brought into your life because it has been a part of your life. So acknowledge it and then thank it for being there and then say, okay, I, I don't need you anymore and let it go. And so as we do this, one of the things I like to do is I actually like to verbalize this because I do think words are very powerful. And what we say can be so powerful and so I try very hard to say things that I think I want to have in my life that I want to manifest and and so I do I have um, I have this affirmation thing going on and I do try to look at myself in the mirror and I'm 63 and I am certainly not perfect in any stretch of the imagination but I have these same kind of self-critical thoughts that pop up now and then. And I have to remind myself that I am good just the way I am. I'm worthy. And, and then I just try to move from there and think, okay, well, I'm going to go exercise today. I'm going to stay in shape. I'm like, I went to yoga class today. I try to go to a class every day. And my children bought me a wonderful membership to the YMCA, so it's very convenient and I love it. But I like to go to the classes because I'm around people and I like to pick up that wonderful energy that is shared by the group. And then it also kind of 
encourages me to stick to the end of the class and finish it instead of quitting too early uh, if I feel like I'm too tired or something. And so, you know, those are just some of the things I do. And then I very purposely try to eat healthy. And one of the things that has higher vibrational energy and actually helps our brain be healthier and our body heal is good, healthy nutrition. And, of course, you know, I'm all over that, you know, with my, you know, really, and in, in many ways, I got on this journey simply trying to heal myself. And my books are really the, <laughs> the culmination of me switching from a normal American diet where I was pre-diabetic, I was overweight, I had acute anemia, carpal tunnel syndrome, and uh, terrible headaches, and I had to really push myself to start eating different foods that I wasn't used to, and eating healthier, and researching nutrition, and I wanted to raise my children as healthy as I possibly could, and so I ended up writing How to Be a Healthy Vegetarian, because the plant-based foods really are the what I have found, and especially through my research, to be the healthiest foods that can help you reverse disease and and they have a higher vibrational level like the raw food movement those foods have live enzymes in them and so they do have a higher vibrational content in them and in fact just to kind of support that idea that I'm thinking just recently I saw on the Cleveland Clinic's website and the Cleveland Clinic has been rated one of the number one clinics in the world and especially in America for many many years and on their website they cite a recent study that was done with 6,000 people between the ages of 50 and 65 and they were the ones who reported eating a high creature sourced protein for example pork, beef, lamb, fowl, fish, dairy, eggs this survey showed that these people not only had a 75% increase in dying of any cause, but a quadruple increase in, in a cancer death, death risk and a quintuple greater increase in death from diabetes when they compared that with a low-protein intake group. And you think about how we all grew up in America being brainwashed into thinking we need protein, we need protein. I mean, that's all I've heard since I was a little girl, especially when my pediatrician gave me that overdose of penicillin when I was two, and I was left with a severe case of acute anemia, which I struggled with most of my life. You know, everybody was, like, horrified when I went vegetarian. But what, what, they, what is important to see about the study was that when the people had a high-protein intake diet that was plant-based, it was a completely different result. They did not, it was, any of these risks were completely eliminated. And so what, what they are saying on, in this study is that you want to have the composition of amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein, and that that is what our body needs. They, the, the studies show is that the composition of amino acids that are derived from animals like beef and pork and lamb and chicken, fish and dairy and eggs are very different from plant-based proteins. And so, you know, as we talk about some of these different emotional aspects of healing ourselves and getting healthier, I want to, um, I want to introduce a friend of mine Stacy Bartell, and she's going to share with us a little bit about her journey on dealing with some of these self-deprecating types of emotions that we might instill in our subconscious when we're children. And Stacy had some post-traumatic stress disorder, and that's really what you get as a child when you are, you know, told you're you're bad or uh, you're shamed or or you start getting these really hard feelings in your subconscious, and they can 
really hurt your brain. So Stacy's going to share with us some of her wonderful information on how she has transformed her life and helped actually get out of being someone who has triggers that will manifest themselves in, a, in emotional traumas because of the some of the traumas you experienced in childhood. So welcome to the show, Stacey. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, I, um, you know, I woke up one day and I was having PTSD triggers and I had no understanding or awareness of even what was really happening to me. I had so much uh, disassociation in my brain um, that I couldn't even tell you that my heart was palpitating too high. So tell me, you know, when someone that is a child gets sexually abused or uh, hit or told that they're bad, what, I want you to explain to our listening audience, because you're so good at explaining this type of thing, how that affects the brain and your emotional growth. Okay, so basically our brain is filled with trillions of connections and neuronal uh, pathways. pathways, yes. And when something traumatic happens and everyone's definition of trauma is basically based on their own understanding and that's part of our biggest problem in resolving a lot of these issues for ourselves, what happens is the brain actually will stop developing and it will fracture and it splits off and creates a new pathway. And so the emotional development of the child basically stops developing. And this is what is called uh, the dual uh, personality or a double-minded man or Jekyll Hyde or uh, there's different terminology for... um, what's actually happening physically in the brain. So they have shown that we have three main ways for us to receive knowledge, to be able to grow and learn and mature. And we learn auditorily, visually, and kinesthetically or emotionally. So when a trauma happens to a child, it actually causes the development and the neuronal connections to not continue to mature and develop um, processing. So emotionally, a person becomes hindered or auditorily hindered or kinesthetically hindered. And this will show up as ADD, ADHD, OCD, okay? So learning disabilities, things like that, because they're no longer auditorily processing in, in a healthy way because they've experienced this trauma. And so in my, in my family, my, do- my sister actually had learning disabilities and where she couldn't comprehend uh, math and reading at seven years old. And when I was four, I could actually do her homework, okay? So, but as I got older and I begot, became th- third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I also began having auditory ADD symptoms where I could not understand what I was reading. I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't remember what I read. Um, in tests, I would be like, I read something, and then I look at the question, and I wouldn't even be able to tell you what I read. I mean, it was just completely like, nothing, hello. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> those were symptomatic evidence and, you know, situations and characteristics of my personality and my, and my ability to learn uh, that were showing up at a young age. And I continue to have more traumas. And as I had more and more traumas, my brain became less functional and I developed more triggers because really the trauma, your brain is actually absorbing all the information through your five senses and your sight, your hearing, your taste, your feel, everything, all your five senses, your eyes. And it's storing it in your thalamus. And that's like the hard drive of your computer in your brain. It stores all your memories. And this is in the limbic area of the brain where you're not conscious of these 
everything that has been stored in there. And so when you're rocking around and all of a sudden I'm on a mission trip or something in South America and I am got subconsciously triggered over something, a light, a sound, a smell, something has created a fear mechanism and it caused a reaction in my body, you know, psychosomatic symptoms where my heart would elevate. And so my heart would go up to like 200 beats a minute and then I'm not sleeping and I don't even know my heart's beating. I don't even know I'm not sleeping. I'm not telling anyone. I'm like acting like a little one-year-old who doesn't speak and can't process and can't think because my traumas actually started under two years old. And so that's where my first disconnect in my brain actually occurred. And so you can actually chart yourself to see at what level you've had a hindrance or a trauma. And, and that's what I did through the learning to live, learning to love curriculum that I went through. And I was able to chart myself. And I, I've been reading up a lot about uh, shame and guilt and things like that. And I think, and I've seen some of the things in me as well that I have experienced in my life, but um, like feeling like you're different or isolating yourself, mm -hmm. um, the feeling of unworthiness, mm -hmm. um, and then being attracted to other people that, you know, having the same problem because you're kind of like, you're bonding. You are. <laughs> you're having actually empathy for the other person. And unfortunately, when you are wounded at a low developmental stage, you haven't acquired the characteristics to mature and handle stress, how to resolve my problems, my conflicts. And, and so uh, you're going to be drawn to someone that's like you, but you, you probably won't be able to have a successful, healthy relationship. Yeah, getting back to shame... Mm -hmm. um, shame is basically a dynamic that is created in the core of the personality of the child when they've been wounded. And so they'll have a low self-image. They'll feel helpless or hopeless or worthless or powerless. And they actually are in a prison in their mind. And they are actually are lacking the power to uh, change their behavior to stop doing the things that they don't want to do anymore. Shame is sort of the, um, the result of going through a trauma. It's created in the core of the personality. And the child now is in a mindset of condemnation. And they feel like everything's their fault. And, you know, like... For little children that maybe their parents get divorced, they'll automatically take 100% responsibility for the divorce and feel shamed, like they, they did something, they, they feel like they're responsible. They're not responsible, it's not their fault. But what's happening is we have parents that actually are at very low child developmental stages that can't resolve their conflicts, and so they're really not equipped to be parents. They're actually children raising children. And well, and their their parents probably had the same thing happen to them, and the same thing yes. happened to their parents. So it's it kind know. of skips a generation. <laughs> it, it's like a swing of a pendulum. Yeah. So everyone's been traumatized. Everyone. There's not one person that has never experienced something. Okay, something, something. Okay, it could be one thing. It could be a hundred things. All right. So what will happen is, as an example. Um, a mom might become really controlling, like if she was wounded as a child. Or she might become really, really passive and non-engaging, okay? So if there is, so let's just say you had a controlling mother, um, what will happen is the children um, will maybe, you know, become very victim-minded and, you know, very non-initiative taking and feel very controlled like af afraid to afraid to step out there i think mm -hmm. uh, yes. I heard, fear is huge i yeah i heard somewhere that you know people who uh were traumatized as a child and did feel shame at some point mm -hmm. and they like fixated in that place that they have uh, a fear of like you know and i think i heard this once that you know the number one fear of most people is public speaking and so they have 
they have a fear of getting up in front of people and having people make fun of them or not think well of them. And so I think, you know, just about all of us at some point in time feel a little bit of this. And, you know, you even hear about big singing stars that are incredibly successful that uh, have real meltdowns and anxiety before a performance or something. So, you know, I, I think it really is pretty much across the board that all of us mm -hmm. could probably benefit from some kind of healing in this emotional area. And and so, you know, how I know you did a program and I, I uh, we talked about it in a previous show and there is a program that doesn't involve more pharmaceutical drugs or anything like that, but that it was very effective with you. And mm -hmm. you're a child of someone who was in the armed forces. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know so many people who have been in the armed forces do have PTSD mm -hmm. and do struggle with that. And there's such a high suicide rate among them and also among their children. And so can you kind of expand on how that program worked and, and what you did and, and went through in order to, mm -hmm. to get better and get over your PTSD from your childhood emotional traumas? That um, Yes. I, I mean, I was so thankful. It was like a miracle that came into my life. And uh, the curriculum is knowledge-based. It's cognitive education. It's basically just knowledge A to Z, and it's, filled with information that if you were raised in a normal, healthy family, these would be things that you would learn. But none of us all had perfect. So the information that's in it could be new, like most of it was new for me. Okay, I was unaware of this information. And knowledge is really, really important. It is a building block um, to your whole life. And so as the way it's set up is sort of like stepping stones and each module builds upon the next. And so you're able to open up and receive the knowledge that they're sharing with you. And for someone like me who had PTSD, I had emotional numbing, total disconnect. I have ADD. Okay. So if I read something, I literally, I would read the questions and I wouldn't even know what it was saying. Literally. Okay. But as I continue to go through the program, right. Uh -huh. um, and receive the knowledge, I began experiencing healing. And actually, I actually felt my emotions being restarted. And they said, that is what you're going to experience. And if you, for someone like me, who is very passive, very withdrawn, and numb to emotions, um, I could go and watch a movie, and I would cry if something happened to someone else, and I'm watching it on the TV or something. But if it is actually happening to me, I didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. So that's how disconnected I was, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's why people that are in domestic violence situations, sexual abuse, they can become very disconnected. They can become very um, unaware of their situation. And you well, wonder. Well, and, mm -hmm. and I heard, I'm just going to, we're kind of at the end, we're going to have to start wrapping it up. But one of the things that I wanted to mention to our listeners is if, if you are a person where if someone is setting a boundary at you and and you don't know how to deal with that. I think a lot of people who are experiencing shame, they kind of freeze up and they don't know how to deal with it because they don't know how to self set their own boundaries because mm -hmm. they have this unworthiness feeling. And so, you know, if you uh, have any kind of thing like that going on in your life, and I know we kind of experience this in some way, shape or form all over the place, but healthy people who are not suffering from PTSD or shame or something, they are able to set boundaries. They're able to really protect themselves. And I heard this one man say that, you know, the body language is huge. You know, if you're standing up straight and you're looking around, you're aware, then you're probably pretty healthy. And I've, and I've heard uh, people who would like pick out their rape victims say that they looked for people who had their head down, their shoulders down, and they had they were kind of protecting their heart with their shoulders, and it was a body language, and that they would go up and kind of accost them, and if they didn't scream or try to defend themselves, they knew they were a victim, and they probably wouldn't even report them 
So it is, is that right? All? That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Actually, the perpetrator can spot you out in three to six seconds. Okay. And so they can, they can, people that are, have narcissistic disorder um, or, you know, psychopaths, uh, you know, misogynists, they can spot you out in three to six seconds. So um, even if you are, have hopelessness and you are in shame, you can portray yourself as stronger. So you can stand up straight. You can put your head up, up level and be roaming and scanning the area because you're alert, you're aware. Um, and it is true. Someone that is victim, uh, they will not report. I, I was one. I was raped, okay, as a virgin. I did not report. I couldn't even talk to my parents about it. I talked to one girlfriend about it. Okay. And, um, unfortunately I didn't get a lot of wisdom and knowledge, you know, to help my situation. So <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, I'm really excited about continuing our conversation and sharing more about the curriculum that has really helped me. And it's amazing the turnaround. And so there is so much hope for you people, for everyone to heal and to properly overcome, come out of shame, to mature the personality, to learn character and grow and mature to a full mature person and that's really what it's about thank you so much Stacey for joining us today and listeners the program she did was learn to live learn to love and if you look that up if you've been struggling with any kind of problems like uh, we, we might have mentioned and I personally think everybody should probably do this program I think you know I'm gonna sign up for it whenever I can because I know I'm always on a constant pathway to improve myself and my life and I certainly want to let go of a lot of emotional baggage I'm probably carrying around myself but you know as I come to the end of the show I want to thank you Stacy, so much oh, for joining welcome. me and I hope you come back and discuss this yes. more with me and Stacy and I are partnering up and uh, we're going to be a part of a nonprofit that's called We Connect USA and so I, you know, look forward to hearing from y'all and just remember, you know, take care of yourself. Make sure you stand up straight and don't walk around down texting and things, but um, smile, get some exercise, eat some healthy food, give yourself that love that you so dearly deserve because you are wonderful and I love you. And I do this show because I do love you. And I'm Nancy Addison, and my website is Organic Healthy Lifestyle. And you can find my books there, or you can contact me or sign up for my free newsletter. And I so appreciate you listening. I hope you got some good information out of our show. And as I close the show today, I just want to say that I believe that how we do anything is how we do everything. So as you go through your life, and you touch the people around you. Just remember to add that main ingredient, and that main ingredient is always love.